0: We move to this segment called Straight Talk. Uh, It's a time for you listeners uh, to bring in during this segment your own questions. 877-795-0122. That's the call-in number. 877-795-0122. The local host, myself, will do our best to respond to your questions. Um... And if you don't want to call in, you can always post them, Uh, not just questions, but also comments on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. The whole point of Straight Talk is really to start a dial, or conversation, uh, because that's where we learn the best, right, friends? If that conversation happens, initiated by one of your questions, by one of mine, uh, we all have ponderings in the faith. I do, too, as a Catholic priest of seven years. Uh, I'm constantly asking questions of the church. Uh, just because the way history uh, on, 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 uh, uh, continues. Uh, and as we look at our current culture, there's a lot of things that come up um, from whatever domain, spirituality uh, or church law or medical ethics, uh, whatever education, business, whatever it might be, we're going to do our best to respond uh, here on Straight Talk. Um, but please do know, uh, listeners, that whatever you do ask, uh, we'll do our best to to start up for our conversation, um, and 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 we will do our best to to give you the church's uh, uh, good answer, uh, the right answer, uh, an answer of truth. Um, so please call in eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or look for us online on Facebook and your Catholic radio station. Dot com. This is such a busy lobby. There's people walking back and forth constantly. Uh, uh, and it Maybe it just started with straight talk. Maybe some of these physicians or these nurses are going to call in and offer us questions or comments uh, for this particular show. Um, so we have a first question right away on fr- coming from Facebook. Uh, Sarah asks us, does what we wear to mass matter? And why do women wear veils at mass? Should their practice make a comeback? <laughs> okay. And I knew, I knew, I knew the first question would be difficult. I knew it. It couldn't be, it couldn't be something like explain the Eucharist in 30 seconds. It had to be something a lot more difficult. So what do we wear to mass? Um, well, I wear my own, I wear black. I like the color black. I would, I would offer that to you, Sarah. That's always a good color. I think it can be modest and, and discreet and it's good for prayer to wear black. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Um, I think, of course, it matters. Um, you know, I, I think the best way to approach this question is to first see it on the natural level and then on the supernatural level. So um, what you wear to work, what a person wears to a park, what a person wears to the gym to work out, what a, what a student wears to school, uh, what a doctor wears to the hospital. Okay, of course, all these things answer. I mean, even even a, even a young a young boy or young girl knows that what we wear matters. They know that I wouldn't wear shorts and a tank top in the middle of December in North Dakota. They know that I'm not going to put on jeans, a sweater, and a parka in the middle of August in North Dakota. So what we wear does matter. We know that, and so it must matter that what we wear to mass. That God is mindful of whether we wear shorts or pants, whether we wear a long sleeve shirt or a short sleeve shirt. Now, I'm going to leave it just there because I think we, we need to take prudence and, and and our virtue of how we were raised and what the church offers us, the direction from our pastors and priests, and, and good friendships uh, to guide us on the specifics on what to wear to Mass. But I'm going to be very clear, listeners, what we wear to Mass matters. And the voice that says, God doesn't care, is wrong. <laughs> That's not a good voice. God does care. Of course he does. He's our Lord. He cares about everything. Uh, he's not petty, uh, 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 no, nor is he going to reduce our salvation to our dress. But we should do our best to make sure that when we enter a church, when we go to Mass, we are preparing for the Lord's Supper. We are preparing to meet our Lord. And I think the rest can kind of take care of itself. Uh, I don't think uh, there's much of a discussion if we know, first and foremost, we are going to meet our Lord. I think that should dictate what we wear to mass. So of course it matters. And why do women wear veils at mass? So this is an interesting question. I'm glad it was asked. Um, there is a solid tradition in the Catholic church of women wearing veils, either white or black in color, white or black in color. And the purpose of the veils fundamentally is to show modesty and to show a life of service, the vocation of women to be of service to the church, uh, Not different than myself. Um, Pledging service to the church to serve the church's mission and to serve the church's efforts for the sanctification and salvation of souls. Should the practice make a comeback? Um, I I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I think there's value in in today's culture. I think there's great value in putting up greater force for modesty um, and living the life of chastity and purity. Uh, I, I think there's a great room for that in today's culture when things tend to become you know eroticized or sexualized uh as, a, as an administrator in a school system even a catholic school summit it's very difficult uh, it's almost like walking in, in a field of minds with the language we use and and the images we use uh because oftentimes students uh because of digital media and the movies and music they listen to and they watch are so formed by this image of life Uh, that it's sometimes hard to avoid something eroticized or sexualized, which is very, very difficult. Um, So I think there's value in wearing a veil to mass. Um, I I, I think uh, young ladies um, should consider it. I I think, uh, Sarah, to you and to anybody else who's wondering about uh, mass attire and and women who wear veils, um, do some research. I, I think it's worthwhile, and I'm glad you asked the question. 877 795 122 Straight talk. I'll do your best to respond, not with my own answers, uh, unless that's asked, but with the church's answers, uh, the beautiful patrimony and tradition the church offers in all areas of life, right? Pope Saint Paul the Sixth uh, was famous for saying the church is an expert in humanity. I use that all the time in school. The church is an expert in humanity, the church knows what it means to be human. And what it means to be a good flourishing human being we call those saints flourishing human beings uh and i think that's what we all want and and real presence life helps us do that Uh, friends uh, straight talk coming to you from st alexis health call in or post on facebook 877-795-0122 another question comes up here what are on the minds of parents that send their kids to private Catholic schools in regards to the faith. So, for those parents uh, that send their kids to a Catholic school, w- what expectations should they have? The question is: What are the expectations they should have of that Catholic school? Uh, Ask some question, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be eager to answer it. The, uh, the The first expectation is that that Catholic school, the first one, is that that Catholic school aids and assists their sons or daughters and moving closer to heaven and becoming a saint that's top of the top of the line that that comes before everything else Uh, any academic curriculum any fine arts or athletics extracurricular initiative all of that comes secondary to making sure that that building that school is a culture where that student can become more like a saint and walk closer to heaven that's at the top that's the first expectation that that Catholic school gives to the son or daughter the student and students the opportunity to become one with God to grow in relationship and friendship with Jesus and to become a better Catholic or a better Christian if they're not Catholic to become a saint that's number one number two is this and let's be very clear on this a Catholic school should be top-notch when it comes to academic curriculum uh, athletics and fine arts, right? W- what we do, we want to be great, okay? And all that we do, uh, that's what the saints wanted. They wanted to be great in everything they did, whether it was uh, establishing a hospital, uh, that's the point of thought for today as we're coming live from a hospital, uh, beginning a school, uh, up being a wife and a mother, uh, whatever it might be. It's important to know that in the heart of a saint, they wanted to be great. That's at the root of sanctity. Right. First and foremost, great in the love of God. Of course, that's the definition of a saint. But there, there's no saint that you can find in the Catholic Church that did not want to become great. That's the fundamental characteristic they all have in common. They wanted to be great. Uh, I firmly believe at Trinity Junior High and High School, at Trinity Catholic Schools here in Dickinson, as Titans, that's our definition. We want to be great. We want to awaken greatness. That's our vision. We want to awaken greatness in the students, first and foremost, to become saints. But in everything we do, so parents, that should be your expectation, that in everything that school undertakes, whether it's in the classroom or in the hallway or in the cafeteria or in the auditorium, on the stage, in the band room, on the court, on the football field, on the rink, that that school puts the desire into the hearts of those young kids, the the, the ability to be great. Not just to win and not just to be successful, that's, I think that's can be kind of shallow, but to become great in life. Whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to be great at it. I think that's another expectation of the Catholic school uh, that a parent should have for a Catholic school. 877 795 Please submit your questions. Call in on uh, on the number 877 795 or submit them online dot com on our Facebook page. Here it comes again. Another question is, when it comes to the summer... What are some good activities, what are some good ways that parents can bring their children closer to the faith without the burden of a school or the life of school? Okay, so in other words, uh, summer gives us a time, although we're nearing the end here in the month of August, uh, summer affords families the time where things, they might not slow down, certainly, because I I know from experience that uh, sometimes the lives of families actually increase uh, with summer activities. But away from the school day, right? Because certainly students, you know, in grade school and high school, they have more time on their hands uh, just because they don't have the eight hours a day or six hours a day of school. Uh, What is it... um, that parents can do in the home or outside the home that can that can increase the faith of a child? Well, I think uh, something to consider fundamentally is daily mass. Uh, you know, a lot of masses start between the hours of 7, thirty eight 8, 8.30, uh, and normally that's impossible with the timing of school. Um, now, if age isn't an issue and if transportation um is not a problem. I think that's a great thing to do. Even if it's once a week, uh, get your kids, bring your kids, join your kids, uh, for daily mass once or twice a week, uh, just to get them in, in that routine of, you know, speaking and being with God for 20, 30 minutes a day, you know, go a little bit early, stay after, perhaps that's harder with wake ups. So get there on time, of course, and then stay four five, six minutes after and, and, And it can be real simple, parents. Just have your kids, and this for any grade level. It could be second graders. It could be juniors in high school, uh, Catholic school or not. Bring them to daily Mass. Stay after Mass, and invite your kids. Challenge your kids um, to make a petition to God. Jesus, what are you going to do in my life today? Jesus, this is what I want from you today. Have them talk to Jesus as a real person. I I think doing that can establish um, an ability in their heart uh, you know a desire in their heart not only to be great, but I think it gives them this this uh, vision of faith that talking to Jesus every day is a real thing and I'm asked to do this uh, not because it's some rule in the church, but because my friendship with our Lord is important and my friendship with uh, the Lord can be furnished and can be grown uh, with going to daily Mass. So I think that's one. Two, have them pray before activities. Our students are so involved in activities, too much. They're overscheduled. It's just the way it is. I know parents say they're having fun, and I know parents say it's a good thing. But they have their own schedules, and I think for a 12, 13-year-old, that's that's just not healthy. Um, having said that, with our young children, uh, whatever age is, when they go to their swimming lessons or when they go to baseball practice or when they go to that basketball camp, have them pray around it. Uh, you know, perhaps not in front of the group, but as you're traveling to the destination, as I wake up in the morning, uh, cultivate in your son or daughter, this awareness that I should be praying, right? That I need to be praying in preparation for this camp, for this practice so that God can become a part of it. Cause oftentimes, and I probably most of the time, unless it is a Bible camp of some sort or a Catholic camp of some sort, most of the time they're secular in nature, you know, so God is kind of left on the sidewalk, and it's great. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad our children are getting better at football, but you know, are they getting closer to our Lord? Um, you know, they're going to work on their softball skills, but did they think about Jesus at all today? Um, those are important things, I think, to bring prayer, to bring one's relationship with our Lord into the very secular activities of of. Um, of the summer. And because think, you know, students, uh, whatever, they might go from swim lessons to baseball practice, to basketball camp, to job, to their job that, I mean, that's three or four windows that they could be praying, you know, for a minute or two minutes of just bringing the Lord into that situation. I think those are two great ways. Daily mass, daily mass once or twice a day or once or twice a week and saying a little bit after, uh, for personal prayer with Jesus and to, Uh, bringing prayer to all of their activities there's so many activities and so it seems that proportionately there should be that much more prayer straight talk call in 877 795 or send your questions comments on facebook friends we love to hear from you Uh, questions are pouring in comments are pouring in Uh, we appreciate any topic uh, whether it's business or healthcare, those are two topics we're tackling today, uh, Catholic education, uh, canon law, morality, marriage and family life, whatever questions you have, 877-795-0122, or tune in on Facebook. Here's another question. This comes to us from one of our faithful listeners. Um, why is it that during daily Mass... Okay, let me read this. Why is it during daily Mass uh, that there's usually no music, but on Saturdays or Sundays there is music? That's a good question. I'm glad you answered it uh, or asked it. Uh, simple answer. Um, the Church allows a priest and a parish to make decisions to have Mass... Excuse me, to have music or not have music, depending upon uh, what kind of Mass it is. So, by and large... Um, In this country, uh, at least in my experience of seven years, uh, I don't think I really have found a daily Mass where you have music. Usually it's a Mass um, without music. We call them sub-voce, so without music or without the voice. Um, And so the Mass is shorter. It's very succinct. Uh, It it just tends to the ritual ritual in a disciplined manner. So the ritual is the form of the Mass, how we pray the Mass. The priest follows that very... Uh, obediently and and the parishioners or the congregation follows and it goes from there. Now on a Saturday or Sunday Mass, right, the, the Mass, uh, the Sabbath uh, for Sunday, on a Sunday morning or a Saturday afternoon, these mass, Masses usually have music because they're of a higher solemnity, right, so they're required it's a holy day of obligation to go to Mass on Sunday, right, it's one of the precepts of the church that we go to Mass on Sundays uh, that we attend Mass faithfully uh, because this is what our Lord has asked us to do uh through his church it's not just a church law it's uh it's an invitation and a request of our lord that we are in the church praying to him each and every weekend on sundays or on saturday afternoons and so we we help that we aid the spirituality and the liturgical style of parishes with music on sundays Uh, that is the reason why in a very clear way uh, why there's music at sunday masses and not at daily masses now for all intents and purposes the pastor or priest could easily bring music into a daily mass. I'm not sure he'd ever want to do that. Um, Less is more when it comes to a daily mass. I believe Uh, we do not gain points for heaven, nor do we receive more merit for having longer masses. That's simply not true. Uh, That does not mean we should race through mass, Uh, but there's a time and place for everything in the church's liturgy. There's a time and place for everything in the church's liturgy. uh, That's good and holy and that the church wants. Um, So when it comes to celebrating the mass, We want to consider what the church has done, and we want to make sure uh, that we are attentive and obedient to what the church offers us. Uh, Any other questions you may have on that? That's a whole basket full of questions. We're in the Mass. We've had two this morning already. Uh, But you can please ask your pastor. Uh, That's a great resource to ask as a parish priest on what can be done and what should not be done uh, in the Mass. 877 795-0122, 877-795-0122, or on Facebook uh, for Straight Talk. The whole point of this segment, listeners, is to engage you in a conversation uh, on your topics, what you're thinking about, your considerations, questions, and comments uh, on the Catholic faith, uh, or anything of the Catholic faith, from sacred scripture to morality, whatever it is that's on your mind, please know that we are here to respond uh, with, uh, the church's teachings, uh, in the best way we can. Uh, it is going to be an exciting show. Uh, we're approaching a halfway mark here. We're approaching, uh, at least here in Dickinson, it's the nine o'clock hour. Uh, for a lot of our listeners, it's the 10 o'clock hour, uh, midway through the show. Uh, thank you to all those who have, who have wrote in the short segment. Appreciate your call in or your posting a question or a comment on Facebook. Uh, Uh, Reminder that this segment, uh, Straight Talk, is on 9.30 Central Time every Monday through Friday, every day, Monday through Friday, 9.30 Central Time, Straight Talk, Um, and following this topic, uh, following this segment, up next, um, we know that God gives us the gift of work. It's the very thing that made St. Joseph holy in becoming a father, uh, and a father of Jesus and husband to Mary, but we know that he's the patron saint of workers, and we know that work which comes with duty and service is worth much merit and grace in the eyes of God. So if God gives us this gift of work, it makes sense that we bring him into it some way that we somehow, uh, bind our faith with our work in, in whatever field it might be. And this morning in particular, we welcome onto the show, Paul Steffes. He will sit down with us. Paul Steffes will sit down with us to share more. And later on the show, uh, more on that topic with mike Kiedrowski. he will look a special way uh, all of you and myself can share a heart and show appreciation for family members during the heart of your legacy segment uh, that's all up on the next hour in addition to a few other guests um coming to you live from st alexis health here in dickinson north dakota it's a unique uh, Uh, setting, not only as I I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, because we're in a lobby and there's numerous people walking by uh, just in this hour, uh, probably closer to 100 people, but there's this little... uh, Gas fireplace in the lobby that I would say, like November through March, is probably very comforting and warming. But just looking at it, and although the air conditioning is working just fine this morning in this hospital lobby, I'm looking at this beautiful glass fireplace and I'm kind of getting hot looking at it. Um, because it's just kind of an it's august 1st it's like balmy outside here in dickens and i don't know what's it's like probably mid 70s high 70s it's going to be a warm day again in august and the fireplace is on so i might when we go to break here at the top of the hour i might ask them to shut that fireplace off just because it seems like it's either a waste of gas or maybe a, a waste of ambient um an ambient decoration because it is august 1st and that the fireplace is on if you have any last questions here as we close this segment Friends, eight seven seven. Please call in or post on Facebook. That number is 795 Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. If you don't have, if you don't find comfort, right? Because there's a, you want some anonymity on this uh, calling in. I think gives you that anonymity. You know, we don't need to know your name, or perhaps you can use. Uh, uh, I don't know, some, an alibi. um, If I think that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, Or you can just, you know, give a false name or, or whatever it might be. Go, go that way. Um, But you can also post on Facebook and, you know, that might be more, or you can email us that, you know, it's just our producer uh, or the writer that sees it. I don't even see it. Uh, So for all I know, they, they could just use a different name. And oftentimes they don't even give me the name uh, here on my, on, um, On my side. So whatever questions you have, uh, please, please call in with that. Um, Oh, here we go. A political question coming in uh, regarding this week's debates. Um, Okay, so we had two two debates, one on Tuesday night, one last night with, you know, we have, uh, what is it? I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. It's like nearly 20 uh, candidates for the Democratic Party, uh, and of course, we want to be careful and mindful, friends, listeners, we want to be careful and mindful that the church uh, What would, would not support, uh, we would not say vote Republican or vote Democrat, we want to stay away from that. We want to use principles, right, we want to use the Catholics, uh, the rich and beautiful teachings of the Catholic Church to inform our decisions, and, and although it is August of 2019, um We know that by watching MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, whatever it might be, uh, or obviously Real Presence Live um, and, and your Catholic radio station, um, that we want to be informed with how we're kind of, you know, we, we just don't want to be concerned when it comes time for voting. So as we're watching these, the question is when we're watching these debates, how do, how do we make sure that we're watching them with a the Catholic lens? Well, just don't take the lens off. So, you know, uh, uh, when we sit down to watch these things and, and if we're seeing them in, in support of what we believe as Catholics or in opposition to what we believe as true to, as Catholics, that we want to keep those lens on, that we're always purifying the information that's given to us. Uh, whatever fact checking we do, we want to make sure that the church is right there in the living room. That's how that's kind of how I approach it as a priest, that if I'm in the living room watching a debate, uh, I see the church as kind of this guest on my couch or on on the chair. And and any time a topic comes up, any question I have, uh, any consideration I have from the debate uh, uh, as we prepare, you know, for the upcoming electoral year in, in 2020, that I'm always asking my friend, the church, this question, like, what do you think about it? What does the church say about this? What does the church say about this? One, it's a great way to be more informed of the Catholic Church's teachings on things. It's a great way to become a better Catholic intellectually, and two, when you get to the the, the spot of voting, you know, in about a year, when we get to that point of voting, uh, you're going to be much better along. You're going to be further along. You're not going to be. You know, cramming information down your down your throat because you want to make a well-informed decision. So, when it comes to debates and watching them, go for it. There's nothing against the Catholic Church's teaching uh, and watching them, but make sure that as you are listening to them and as you're watching them, when you form your own opinion on matters, that that opinion is is somehow um, formed and and um, guided by Catholic Church teaching and by the principles we use. We're upcoming we're coming to a break here thank you for straight talk don't touch the dial I'm your host Father Craig Holkalter. I'll be right back